In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many years ago, when I was attending the First Baptist Church in Beeville, Texas, I was a member of the youth group. It was a very active group. Sunday morning Bible studies, what we used to call Sunday school. Then most of the group would sit together on the front pews on the left-hand side of the sanctuary, taking up about two or three rows. Sunday evenings were dedicated to youth choir with some sort of dinner, and then discipleship training. That was followed up by Sunday night church, when most of the time the youth choir was the choir and led the hymns and sang the anthem. Wednesday nights had a different church-related activities and studies, but some of that depended on what grade you were in. There was also time to help with Vacation Bible School. And then some of the girls in the youth group had a children's teaching that they did on Tuesday afternoons. And there were also many social events that we did, from a ski trip to Colorado, to swimming and burgers at a church member's house. It left an indelible imprint on me. One Sunday evening, though, I remember that the pastor and preacher was discussing some New Testament passage, probably one of the letters of Paul, and he was talking about sacrifice and giving your life over to Jesus and what true discipleship looks like. And then he dropped a bombshell on the few of us who were there. I don't exactly remember all the details, but this is the essence of the particulars. The preacher announced to the congregation that he and his wife did not tithe or give funds to support the outreach and growth of the church. Between sending his two daughters to college, taking a salary that was less than he thought was acceptable, and the long hours that he dedicated to working in his office or at home, the lack of more vacation time, etc., etc., the list went on, he didn't feel or think that he was obligated to tithe. The tension in the room was somewhat intense. So what I have decided to discuss with you this morning is my own discipline of tithing and what I do. I have thought about this for several weeks, and I've come up with several reasons why I should. First, so you know that I am asking you to consider something that I myself do. It would be hypocritical for me to stand here in this pulpit and to teach, admonish, and encourage all of you to be givers, tithers to this parish but yet to not do it myself. Second, tithing is a spiritual dis discipline, and as your deacon and pastor right now, I should be open with you about some of my spiritual practices. Lastly, while everyone here has a right to know what my income is from the church in my bivocational role, it is also important for you to know that I myself do indeed contribute to the financial life of this parish, even if you do not know how much I make from my other businesses and ventures. So I'm going to break down a little of what I do, my reasoning for doing it, and hopefully 
give you a better and more clear picture of what tithing can look like. Like many of you, I am a somewhat divided person when it comes to finances and money. In my case, there are three major holders of my monetary assets. First, there is me, John Louis Blackburn, myself. Second, there is the company that holds and manages my rental properties, both residential and commercial. That is Blackburn Investment Properties. And third, I own stocks, bonds, some mutual funds, and the majority of those are held in accounts at Morgan Stanley. So, I'm going to try to explain what I do. Let's start with the first and the easiest, my personal holdings. I receive income from ranching, which is comprised primarily of cattle sales, farming crops, and selling hay. In addition, the ranch does have a hunting operation, some oil and gas income, as well as some surface leases where companies store their equipment. Also on the ranch is a small quarry that was highly active about 10 years ago and, while still active today, produces a rather smaller output than before. These are my primary sources of income. Now, in addition to that, I receive payment for services that I do for others, like St. Christopher's. And you all do pay me to show up here on Sundays and one day a week. I still receive some income for playing the organ, particularly at St. Philip's Church, where I record hymns for them each week. Until recently, I still went out and performed concerts, which paid me a little. And from time to time, I do some writing, which also pays me a little stipend. All the income that comes from these sources is what I live on and what I use to enjoy life here on this earth. And every check that I receive, or cash that is paid to me, first has 10% of its value taken off the top. That is my tithe. So if I'm paid $100, St. Christopher's receives $10. No question, it's just done. Very rarely do I short that or don't pay it in full, like reimbursed expenses or refunds might be an exception. If it is genuine income, I give my tithe first. Then I take the remainder and divide it up amongst bills, notes, savings accounts for various usages, deposits to Morgan Stanley for various accounts, and always having some money set aside for taxes. Some months, there is plenty. Other months, it seems to get a little stretched. But the tithe always comes out first. Now to the rental houses. That is a separate company. And because I have some expense, sometimes major expense, I do not tithe from that company each month. 
between rental income, repairs, taxes, note payments, insurance, and a whole host of sometimes unforeseen expenses, I actually sometimes move money into that company. So there is not a check that comes here from Blackburn Investment Properties. But what I do give is this. When I sell a piece of property, whatever my earning is for that house or building, I give 10% of that. So I sell a house, but there might still be some note on it. And once the bank has their note paid off, which happens at closing, and I receive the residual money, I give a tithe from that. That way, it is for me anyways, a nice, clean transaction. Perhaps in the future, I will change how I do this, and we'll give each month. But right now, I'm just not able to. One friend I know who owns his own company does. But he has his accountant always figure a November-to-November -November income ratio, minus expenses, and writes one check each December to his church, giving some percentage, I do not know what percent, to his church, sort of on a yearly giving in one check. Third, my investments accounts. I don't pull money from those accounts unless I'm in a real bind. They are there for when I will not be able to work or to use as collateral when I need to purchase some piece of equipment for the ranch or perhaps a new vehicle. So I really don't use that money. Just like the tithe that I give from each payment, I also send a percentage of my income into those investments to help build up those accounts. But when the time does come to begin to make withdrawals, and hopefully there will be growth in those accounts, I intend to give 10% of my withdrawals as my tithe. Now, this is just the way that I am currently trying to practice my own discipline of stewardship. I don't have a fixed income, and it fluctuates every week or month. So I'm not in the habit of pledging a specific dollar amount. I, I never have. But I am committed to giving back to God part of my financial gain. If the times were different, the tithe might be something else, like one calf out of ten, or one-tenth of my grain. But right now, it is money. I encourage you this week to see what stewardship and tithing will look like for you. As I said last week, don't give yourselves into poverty. That's not the intention. But it is an act of faith. It is an act of repurposing all of our gifts to God's greater glory. In the last few weeks, you may have noticed that the money that we give is being placed here on the altar. That is intentional. Just like, hopefully soon, when we bring the gifts of bread and wine here to give it to God for it to become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, so too when we receive these gifts, we are consecrating them to God's use. This is where we look forward to our outreach 
to our missions and ask and ponder, how will God use this? Stewardship becomes the intersection of faith, our dreams and desires, and God's own will working together in this world. That is why making stewardship part of your everyday thought and part of your discipline is so important. By keeping a mindful eye on all that we have, all that we purchase, all that we hope to gain, and how that all works together with God and for God, we begin to sense what our real priorities are how we should adjust them. Next week, we will all come together and we will bring our pledge of gifts, whether that be a total sum or a commitment to pledge a portion of income. And every bit helps. There's not a gift that is too small. Remember, the widow's might. This is our launch pad for deciding what ministries we can tackle next year and what our hopes and dreams as a congregation are. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee.